all you Blueberry fans out there. This is Alexis coming at you from the time machine. Thank you for joining us for a very special episode of To, to the, the Blueberry! Blueberry! Today, we'd like to share with you a unmixed version of our very, very, very Christmas episode. We hear you, son. We hear you. Which was season two, episode 10, Gus's dad may have killed an old guy. We thought it would be funny to share with you all of the craziness that actually happens during our recordings that tend to end up on the edit room floor. We hope you get a laugh, we hope you get a smile, and we hope you have a very happy holiday season. Alexis, I never get the name of this episode right. I had to write it in long form just so that I say it right when we get there. So is it actually called Gus's dad may have killed an old guy? Yes, that's the exact one. And I don't know what yours looks like on Prime where you're watching it, but on Peacock, it has G-U-S apostrophe, which is not grammatically correct. Mm, that's a good question. I don't know that I checked that, but I did write it G-U-S apostrophe S because... That's how that's, I wrote it because that's what's correct. Right. <laughs> As a person whose name ends with an S, I, I'm certain <laughs> that... It is G-U-S apostrophe S. Yes. But I always want to say, Gus's dad might have killed a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not, that's not what it is. <laughs> this is a Christmas-themed episode, so I always expect it to be something else, like Gus's dad may have killed Santa or uh, mm. death in the holidays or something along those lines. I, know, I always forget that it's just Gus's dad may have killed an old guy. Yep, Gus's dad may have killed an old guy, is the exact title. That may have is very important. (laughs) I'm trying to look it up and see what it actually says. On Prime? Yeah. Or on IMDb? I didn't even check IMDb. Oh, no, it's just a, it's a Gus apostrophe. Yes. Not correct. How? That's not right. What does that mean? It's all of the Gus's dads? (laughs) The dad belonging to all Gus's? happening good times oh well we have a couple of really big guest stars in this episode huge absolutely monumental guest stars so priscilla rashad and ernie hudson wait felicia rashad and ernie hudson i was like priscilla no 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 (laughs) they are gus's parents in this episode and uh i i feel like i don't know ernie hudson is a big get for them Oh my god, the fact, we didn't get one Ghostbusters reference and I'm salty. Yeah, I'm disappointed by that too. Because he, that that would make my life, it just would. No, okay, so on IMDb it's correct, it's S apostrophe S. Interesting. Interesting, that's interesting. Anger. <laughs> but uh, for those of you who don't know those names... Uh, you probably best know Felicia Rashad from The Cosby Show. She played Mrs. Huxtable. And then, uh, as we were talking about earlier, Ernie Hudson is one of the Ghostbusters. And uh, he's not Dan Aykroyd, not Bill Murray. And he isn't, he doesn't wear glasses, so he's the other one. Now, Oh my god, I, the one who's not the director. What is that guy? Rest in, rest in Paradise. Oh. Crap. Egon. <laughs> His name is 
it's gonna kill me. Are you looking it up? I am looking it up. I must. Okay. Harold Ramis. Oh, I I knew as soon as you see, said that I was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that is Ernie Hudson, and uh, you pro- you know both of them from many other things, but those are the two big names that immediately especially like that we know of childhood it's like knowing them from childhood seeing them on the show going ah (laughs) and i'm sure that's exactly Um, what uh dula hill and james Day rodriguez did Ah, i know you guys (laughs) um we haven't even introduced ourselves let's do the show for real okay i like that showtime I'm making up a song now. This is To the Blueberry! I am Alexis. I am a real life Gus. I'm Kaylee. I'm the real life Sean. And we are a real life best friend, all American duo, who decided to start a podcast. So we had a good reason to talk to one another uh, once a week. And it's worked out really, really well. But our favorite show is Psych. Uh, you couldn't figure that out already. And this week we are on season two, episode 10. Gus's dad may have killed an old guy. Ooh, yeah. And I mean, like so many other episodes, we start with a flashback in 1987. Um, little baby Sean and little baby Gus are creeping over a fence, looking sadly down at a ball they've lost. So they're playing some game. But I have no we idea don't know what, what this the game, game is. is because the score is 114 to 114. Yeah, and, and I can't tell what kind of ball that is. It's just a random ball. It's a random ball. And at one point, little baby Gus offers little baby Sean 1,000 outs or 2,000 outs. And no. I can't think of what a game so would little be. So baby, little baby Sean offered little baby Gus 1,000 outs to go get the ball. That's it. And little baby Gus says, 2,000. No. And then goes over the wall. <laughs> what, what game has a score of 114 to 114 with 1,000 to 2,000 outs? Little baby Gus says, we weren't supposed to be playing with my new ball. <laughs> what kind of ball are you not supposed to play with, sir? This is very confusing to me. Whatever, whatever kind of ball it was, it ended up over the fence in Old Man Fuller's house. And they're trying to figure out how to get it back. So this is a huge Sandlot reference. Yes. Yeah, there's just Super no big. way it can't be. At, at this so point. after <laughs> Gus goes over the fence and goes, I can't get back over. And then we hear Mr. Fuller in, grumbling in the background. Get off my lawn, Gus. Well, kids. He, he actually said, get that ball off my lawn. Like he was more oh. upset about the ball being there than Gus being there. Well, little baby Sean goes, see you, Gus, and runs away. <laughs> uh, That's the end of our, our intro <laughs> intro that cuts to present day. And we have Sean and Gus, Sean wearing a Santa hat, giving gifts to d- different members of the Santa Barbara Police Department. And they begin with, ta-da, buzz. Buzz. Um, getting into the Christmas spirit, giving out the gifts. They give Buzz a Daisy Red Rider BB gun. He's so happy about it. And as he's walking away, Gus said, he's going to shoot his eye out, isn't he? Yes, he is. <laughs> that is a Christmas story. 
Yes. That's the flat line of a Christmas story. I'm going to, I don't know, make a lot of people really mad, but I have never sat down and watched that movie end to end. So don't feel bad because honestly, the movie is told in like little Christmas vignettes. Honestly, it's like based on, it's like based on this guy's autobiographical vignettes, I think. And so like the scenes are a little bit disjointed. There isn't really a through line other than it's Christmas. And these are different scenes um, of this family's like Christmas experience. Like, and yeah, I mean, it's a mainstay that that one station plays at 24 hours at Christmas time. Yeah. So you can tune in whenever, I guess. Gus is trying to figure out how Sean knew what the exact right gift was for Buzz. And <laughs> Sean said, the room that I take naps in is right next to the room where they do the psych- psychological evaluations. And they share a vent. I was like, that is a that is a huge problem. But the bigger problem is that he says it while he's standing in front of other officers. They aren't even away from people when he just kind of lets that out. He says it in front of two people literally as he's handing a gift to somebody. I mean, out of context, do, would you, like, be like, the room I nap in shares a vent with the room where they do psych evals. And just, like, in passing, hear somebody say that, be like, that's weird. I think maybe I would be more confused why this random consultant that works with us sometimes has a room where he naps. <laughs> but who doesn't, though? <laughs> they walk up, they give Lassiter a snow globe. Of them, and it says Psych and has a palm tree in the back. It has a big sun at the bottom and a palm tree at the top. And as I was watching it, I was like, that was a perfect chance for a pineapple. And then I kept staring at it from a distance, and it very, very clearly looks like a pineapple. And it's not. From a distance, it super does. Yeah, because yeah. it's got the palm trees hanging out, and then the big sun at the very bottom. It's, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> but Lassie's apparently very frightened of snow globes. Apparently, um, he has dreams of being trapped in one and the snow burns. <laughs> and and um, Sean definitely didn't have a vision that um, he was afraid of snow globes and has this um, dream, recurring dream. That's the word I was looking for. He's like, that's definitely not what my vision said. <laughs> but Lassie goes over to his desk and it's covered in snow globes and he goes who keeps telling people i want snow globes (laughs) i feel like snow globes are like a really nice through line for this episode yeah yeah it's a good uh a good start finish if you will they give juliet a cat toy and tell juliet that her dead cat is happy and was okay with dying and she was just like oh this is exactly what i need i love i love christmas i love this weird Scottish holiday that my family, my family has. I don't know what the holiday is called. I don't even know if it's a real thing. It's, it's just O'Hara family Christmas is like a Scottish family Christmas extravaganza where they do crafts and the whole family gets together and it's like the best. And she really needed help getting into the Christmas spirit. So hearing that Mr. Mittens is fine and that Kitty Heaven is just like East Beach really sets the tone. (laughs) Sean is ready to go to O'Hara Christmas, and he said, uh, like, is it good for me to come, or is it too soon? Too soon for what? She and Gus say at the same moment. I thought that was a really cute moment, especially after 
the Whew. moment from last episode that we had, yeah, was not really addressed saying whatsoever. nothing about that. Yes, <laughs> because this was a random holiday episode in the middle of the season. Um, but Sean already has plans to be at Guster family Christmas where he and his dad have finally been invited. And that's so like, he's so stoked as they walk away. He's just like, man, in like 20 years, I can count on one shop teacher's hand the number of times that we've been invited over. (laughs) (laughs) They do suggest that Lassiter join Juliet for O'Hara family Christmas because he's been going through a lot lately. Yeah, what do they call it? They say divorce, and then they correct separated, and then they say... Something, and then... I don't know. Unsettled? Yeah. I don't know. In, in, I don't know. Basically, it's like he's he's in, in a broken family situation. Yeah, he's alone. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's a good idea. Gus is but, very nicely trying to say to Sean that the reason that they don't regularly get invited is because... Sean is not a good influence on him. Or is not believed to be a good influence on him. And Sean goes, I feel like Pepe Le Pew when he looked up Le Pew in the dictionary. Le Pew? Moi? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Gus says, because of Sean, he got his first B. He broke his first curfew. And he killed the state bird? How was I supposed to know that bird wouldn't be able to hold its liquor? Oh my god. What is this story? Uh, Yeah, I want to hear it really badly. Like, putting it out there, USA Network, if you are ever interested in making a Little Baby Sean, Little Baby Gus cartoon short, that's the story we want to hear. Okay, apparently the California quail became the official state bird in 1931. It's a prized game bird, known to be hardy and adaptable. So it is a shame it can't hold its own liquor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We end up cutting to Henry's house where he is putting up a real tree. And Sean is exasperated. (laughs) But every year they play this gift game. Where, or gift competition where they show one another their wrapped gifts and they each have one week to figure out what the gift is. And then it just seems like the winner gets to brag about it. And Sean is like, Ugh, are we still playing this? You know, this doesn't matter. And Henry says, that's just because you lost in 94. And Sean says, we both know that 94 was a draw. <laughs> and he goes, oh, so you do care. <laughs> They look at their gifts, they smell them, they shake them, whatever, and they just slide them both into their stockings, and they're going to figure out what they are over the next week. We cut to the Gusters. The Gusters. And Mrs. Guster is giving us a... Uh, Stocking. Thank you. That said Guster, if you noticed. It didn't say no, Gus. I didn't. It didn't say Gus. It said Guster. That's weird to me, but okay. Aww. Uh, they... He hands them the stocking, or she hands the, him the stocking, and it has $100 in it. Because they feel like Gus is still their baby. And he's like, you don't have to do this every year. I am not a child anymore. And um, Sean and Henry are sitting there, because of course they were invited to Guster family dinner. And 
Um, Gus's dad does this thing where he just goes, we hear you, son. We hear you. Like, of course you're responsible and on your own and a full-grown man. Sure, sure, sure. It's very patronizing. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. John is trying to prove to the Gusters that he was, in fact, a good influence on Gus. Sean is trying trying to prove to the Gusters. I don't know what I just said. (laughs) As a way to try to explain that, he was like, do you know why Gus isn't a smoker? Because I made him smoke an entire pack of cigarettes when we were kids, and he discovered he didn't like the taste of them. That's probably how he got his asthma. And what stunted his growth. Henry's line here is going to be my quote for the episode. Oh, yeah, I didn't write it down. But the the segue into the smoker discussion was because Gus's mom brought out a smoked, uh, turkey. a smoked turkey. Right. And Henry is just so ready to eat, you guys. He's just, like, picking at food. And Sean keeps slapping his fork away. Like, let the man eat. He's sitting here ready. I love it. They did they did a few things with Henry this episode. Another one I'll point out a little bit later, but um, where we have Henry at Gus's house and Henry wants to eat instead of Gus at Henry's house and Gus wants to eat. I love that. Yeah, I love that so much. They did that. They it was very very. I was like, of course he wants to eat because that's all Gus does at his house. Um, in this episode, I, I just to get out of the way the uh the the stripes discussion um sean wears a lot of hoodies but he's still wearing a lot of plaid but gus is wearing striped shirts under solid sweaters Mm -hmm. so you can see his little stripey collar a lot and that's it's like it's still on brand but his like seasonal outfit is that under a sweater and i love it it's very i i approve of that outfit that is one of the henry things that we'll get to um, that i want to get to that a little bit later so Ooh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe I'm, I've been thinking, or both of us, maybe both of us have been thinking way too much about this, but <laughs> now I see it and I'm like, there are so many patterns on purpose. So, um, oh, the stunting of the growth discussion. So then, um, Gus gets mad and says, I am five, ten and a half. <laughs> and of course you are, son. We, we get another, we hear you, son. We hear you. Um, they think, they think if not for Sean, if not spending so much time with Sean, Gus would probably be married. And he goes, hey, I get mine. And there's like stunned silence. He's like, I mean, I'm waiting for Mrs. Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Guster refers to what they're doing as some sort of gypsy detective agency. Oh, yeah. Let's not say that oh. word. That's a racial slur. Puppies. Okay. Someone knocked on my door like a psychopath. Who's knocking on my door? Um, it's the middle of the afternoon, dang it. it like, anyway. Um, we, yeah, like, let's not with the G word. There's no reason for it, and it's a racial slur. So, like, that doesn't that doesn't age well with, for the show. Who Who is referred to that as a The Romani culture? people. Oh, okay. So... So there was a show called My Big Gypsy, My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding. Right. They were Romani people, and they played up a lot of, like, cultural stereotypes, and that show was really cringe. But, like, if they choose to say it, they're allowed. Right. Because it's the word that is used to other them. But, yeah. That's, like, the one racial slur I've ever heard my grandma use, and I'm just like, I cannot believe you, grandma. (laughs) 
I don't even think she knows who she's referring to with it. Like, well, it's just it's a weird decision. It's a weird choice word to use because it has nothing to do with being a psychic detective. And Sean's like, um, I'm a psychic detective, and he puts his hand to his head and then goes, "Psych." Like it's yeah, it's because um, the Romani people are are like it's stereotyped that they're like fortune tellers and and like. Yeah, like, you know in the original Wolfman, the, when the moon is full on an autumn night, that's, she's supposed to be, like, in a caravan, one of the Romani people. Oh, okay. But, yeah. <laughs> Look at me learning something. <laughs> oh, my voice went way down there. Again? Okay. It's a, I've been watching it a lot today, so hopefully we can, I can keep addressing that. Okay. Um, oh, well. Sean said, oh, his, uh, his asthma is the reason why he got into pharmaceutical sales. And they were, oh, wait, no, I went back too far. She said, what's the difference there between what you're doing now? Mrs. Guster said, what's the difference between that and what you were doing as kids where you had that pet baptism, pet baptism service? And Sean said, first of all, that was an LLC. Second of all, I was the one who let <laughs> Gus believe that Jesus was black. Which he the entire time we was. <laughs> um, I just kept thinking pet baptism sounds like really half-assed pet bathing. You're just like you just get your dog wet. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, let's dunk your dog in water. Pay us. <laughs> That's just a interesting thing. I went pet cemetery in my brain with that. Um, oh. Also, I want to go on the record as a. A very strong Christian uh, that Jesus probably was black. I mean, he was a very dark complected person who lived in the Middle East. Yeah. Or what we would consider the Middle East. So. Yeah. Him being white with blue eyes in like every Hollywood depiction is really insane. (laughs) Not. Okay. That's my. That's my uh, two cents for this. But I give it to God. Jesus wasn't a white boy. He wasn't a white boy. (laughs) They decide to go caroling. And Mr. Guster really wants to skip Old Man Fuller's house because Old Man Fuller is just way too grouchy and does not want any of this Christmas spirit. And Miss Winnie Guster walks up and says, you can't really hear the caroling over all his cursing anyway. Um, But Sean gets really super excited. Sean, as me, runs up like, oh, come on, you guys. Who could need Christmas spirit more than Mr. Fuller? Let's go! (laughs) They start singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And uh, he's not answering the door. Gus said something like, he would already be throwing rocks at us if we were here. Or if if he he was was here. here. And then Sean just opens up the dude's door. Yeah, and they see his body hanging there as they sing. And everybody's gasping and screaming. And it's like, oops. Why, Why would you just open up someone's door? I think he was knocking and then he like tried the handle and then it just like swung open. I don't. That's called Christmas breaking and entering. That's how I feel about it. But we get our Christmas credits. Very festive. I love the Christmas credits. I know. You know. With like jingle bells, jingle bells. going in the background. <laughs> I really wish I had like one of those handles of, of like the bells that we had in band. Yeah, <laughs> those were good. Um. Then we are... Still at Mr. F- uh, Old Man Fuller's, and the police are there. Lassie's on the phone, 
I wrote presumably with Chief going, yeah, it looks like an 1144. Um, we're still following up on the scene. But Sean immediately notices signs of the struggle. He Yes, he sees the head wound on the guy. There was something all over his shirt. He notices Broken that cup. the cup had been the teacup had been broken. He had a full dinner plate. With a lobster tail on it. Like, and then multiple programs uh, circled in his TV guide. Like, he was settling in for some holiday watching. Sean is like, this is not an 1144. Maybe if I psych out for your parents, I can get on their good side and they will start being okay with the fact that you and I went into business together. And Gus is in. Gus is like, yeah, like, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Get them off my back. <laughs> And he goes, oh, this is where we get our first fist bump. And Sean says, that's what I'm talking about, you convertible Baron." <laughs> <laughs> They're about to take the body out. The psychic freak out happens. And while Sean is being Sean, Guster walks in. Guster, oh my gosh. Gus walks Henry? in with his parents oh. and said, um... What? You mean this is like the other 26 and a half crimes that we helped the SBPD solve? What was the half a crime, Kaylee? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like, <laughs> I assumed you asked, like, I, I knew the answer. I, I'm like, oh, I, sorry, I, no, I don't. I thought maybe you might know. But, yeah, that was just kind of weird. Um, okay, sorry. Oh, but, but whenever they talk about this one, Gus screams, this is number 27. And I'm like, this was only a half a crime? Math, man. Okay, sorry. That was a tangent. Maybe it's the one where they were greenlighting Lassiter, so they let him solve it. Oh, uh, I would agree with that statement. <laughs> um, I just wrote, Henry with a red hat is a bad look. Yeah. <laughs> the red I, ball cap doesn't He's wearing up. his, like, patented Hawaiian shirt, but it's green. And so he's got this green and yellow Hawaiian shirt. And this red ball cap, and that's his festive gear. Ugh. Well, everybody's got this, like, pop of red on, like, all the caroling group. Um, I don't think Lassiter does, and, like, the police obviously don't. But, like, everybody else, there's, like, little pops of red. And it, it was very apparent, like, throughout this episode, people do that. Um, and nobody can tell, but Kaylee and I also put on our pops of red today. Not on purpose, but it happened, and I like it. It happened. Yeah, we're, we're festive. Um... Buzz walks up and says, actually, CSU confirms um, signs of blunt force trauma in a struggle. And gasp. The parentals are impressed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He really might be psychic. What? And Lassiter's just sort of like, crap. Now I got to get witness statements from all the carolers. And I'm already late. And the boys are like, we've got to pass. We can just bring them in tomorrow morning. Go do what you got to do, Lassie. <laughs> they actually say... um, Go handle your business, Big L. And they call him Big L. <laughs> Sean calls him Big L. And I'm just like, that. And then says, since we have a pass, it sort of makes us like coworkers. Wouldn't you say, Big L? <laughs> That's And then he almost gets his finger broken because he's touching Lassiter yeah. without consent. <laughs> There's a big old manhandle moment there. <laughs> we we uh, cut to the O'Hara's. I'm assuming this is Juliet's family's house, not Juliet's house. Yeah, that's what I that's what I gathered. Um, and she says, "Hope you're in a hogmanay mood," which I don't 
whatever. I don't know. I don't so, speak. Hogmanay is that holiday that I was kind of referring to, which was the Scottish holiday. Is it a holiday or is it just like the name of their, their feastiness? I don't know. I want to say it's a holiday, but I want to say it's actually celebrated around New Year's, not Christmas. It is. Saturday, December 31st. Weird. It's just the Scottish name for New Year. Well, why are we celebrating in the, the middle of December, bros? It's like a family lead up, I guess. I mean, it's only... Okay. It, well, I guess they're two weeks early, because if we're a week from Christmas, and then... A week later is New Year. Yeah, they're like yeah. getting really to business. Weird. Okay, okay. Weird O'Hara's. That's the thing we're learning. They're all excited to see Lasseter because he's the first footer. First footer! Yeah. Nah. And the first, the first footer is supposed to bring a gift of food, which... Which, how Lassie would he know that? Did not bring... I don't think he was told. No, He's he like, I have a cliff bar in my car, but I'd really rather, I'd really prefer to save that for my morning run. <laughs> Juliet walks him in to meet her nephews, and her nephews immediately do not like Lasseter. You can just tell because they say nothing to him and then start just loving all over Juliet. Help me with my craft. Help me do this. Help me do that. Drake, Finn, and Isaac. Oh. Yes. Um, but... Lassie's definitely feeling like less intimidated here in, with a group of children. So she's like, um, hey, why don't you help them with their Christmas crafts? And they're like really excited to show her what they're working on. So she has uh, Lassie sit down. But he starts mansplaining the facts of the season instead of just going with the festive mood and like <laughs> the fact that they're children. Uh, even when Juliet kindly points it out to him, he starts talking about how Jesus was actually born in April because why would a Capricorn die for everyone's sins? And, um, <laughs> and um, most most uh, professionals believe that the wise men didn't get there until Jesus was around the age of two. So let's just get rid of these guys. And then she's like, they are children, Lasseter. So he's like, all right, let's, uh, let's do one with Santa in it. So somebody hands him a Santa on a sleigh and he goes, fun fact, in the Dutch version of Santa, the gifts were actually like helped prepared and, and delivered by slaves. Yeah. And it just is killing the, the holiday mood. At one point he gets kind of angry about baby Jesus being in a manger. And he was like, it's actually more of a feeding trough. So, and he grabs a shot glass and he puts baby Jesus in a shot glass. And I'm like, what is, why would you put him in a shot glass instead of that actual little feeding trough that they have for their nativity set? It wasn't a feeding trough. It was like a little wooden stool that he like laid upon. Well, (laughs) you know, I don't know. That seems like a feeding trough to me. I don't know, Girl, but don't not a shot glass. That seemed weird. Okay. That was uh, weird. It was we go back to the Santa Barbara Police Department, and it has been confirmed that this is a murder. Not just Sean and Gus go back to the Santa Barbara Police Department, but they bring Mr. and Mrs. Guster with them. They were supposed to give their witness statements because they statements, were carolers. Right. Yeah. Um, but here's the, here's the thing. Um, please have a seat. There was a report that showed that the weed killer that was found in Mr. Fuller's system 
which, ah, yes, I sense that. Poison. Um, it matches a box of weed killer found on Mr. Guster's property. And he's like, uh, that's easily explained. I used to sometimes poison his shrubs because he would never cut them back, and we were feuding over the property line. They're like, mm-hmm, cool, cool. There was also evidence that the hammer used to strike him on the head had your fingerprints on it. Also, dude stole my tools. If you look a little closer, you'll also find a pickaxe and a shovel with my fingerprints because he kept stealing my tools. Again, we were feuding. And then they say the rope that was used to hang this poor dude. Oh, oh, was go ahead. Just tell me it was my rope, wasn't it? Yeah, it was from a boat that you own. Wait, what? <laughs> I have no idea how that rope got there. Yeah, because also he doesn't have that boat anymore, so... <laughs> that um, never gets that never gets explained, by the way. Yeah. How that rope no. ended up there. Just, uh... Well, I mean, if this guy was thieving, yeah. it was probably thieved. So, they arrest Guster's dad because... That's adequate evidence for suspicion of guilt. And Juliet looks so sad and is just like, I am helpless here. They're arresting Gus's dad. Sean and Henry head to the Guster's house where Gus and his mom are there and Sean and Henry are ready to help. This is one of those moments. They're at Henry's house. Sean and Henry are with Mrs. Guster and Gus at Henry's house. And this is one of those moments where they are ready to help. And it's very cute because not only are they in slightly matching outfits, Sean has on a gray splat splad. Sean has on a gray plaid shirt, but Henry has on a gray striped shirt. And this Ooh, is when this is when the two of them are working together. To help the Gusters. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking too much into this, but it happened. No, I like it. All right. So, Winnie's upset. Um, she's worried about someone with delicate health and not not a strong disposition. And Gus is like, Dad's going to be fine. She goes, your dad is strong as an ox. I'm worried about you. <laughs> like, the disrespect. But Sean pledges to help, and then Henry's like, mm, come help me in the kitchen and gather some food, because we're at my house, so that's what we do. And we have a powwow in the refrigerator, which has a light for once. I but also, that. it has... Pineapple. pineapple hunt. Yeah, a full pineapple, just chilling in the fridge. Who puts a full pineapple in a fridge? That's what I'm saying. Have you ever put an uncut pineapple in the fridge? Never in my life. There's no, okay. there's no reason to. No. Because it would just stop it from ripening more. And I mean, I guess if it's where you think it needs to be, but you're not ready to cut it, you might. I feel like, like an at avocado. That point, you cut the you you cut the avocado. At that point, you cut the pineapple <laughs> and you put the cut pineapple in the fridge. I mean, I guess I, it's but. yeah. And and then it did the the pineapple magically disappears. Henry walks out with all of the food in his hand, and Sean does not have the pineapple in his hand. He had something in his hand. He set it on the on the counter, like out of view. That I did not notice. Maybe because I, I was see, like 
ravaging and angry about the pine about the pineapple in the fridge. Yeah, just raging. Um, okay, so Henry's telling Sean like you're too close to this. It's too personal. You need to exclude yourself from the investigation because you are ignoring the evidence, acting like you already know that like what what the answer can't be. Like you just have to follow the evidence to be a good detective. You're not doing it right. Um, Sean cuts back like. I'm not afraid of my feelings and I'm not gonna like block them out. They're gonna help me. They always help me as a detective. And Sean says, oh, no, Henry says, this is why you never, you'll never be a detective. And Sean says, this is why you're a divorced detective. Cold, John. Cold. And they both kind of stop and realize what they're doing. Sean and looks look down at, at watch. his watch <laughs> and said, wow, it's been three hours and we haven't had an argument. This or it is, took us three hours. <laughs> this is the yeah. best Christmas that we've had yet. Wow. I mean, I guess that's their love language. That's like just how they relate to each other is the bickering. I think so. Oh, one thing Henry said when they were in the kitchen is like, so what did they invite you to dinner at six and don't serve until six thirty? So what if you know this, that, and the other thing? It's like <laughs> you think you know all the things about them, but you don't know all the things about them. You got to follow the evidence, basically. Uh, so he's still salty about uh, being served dinner late. <laughs> Lasseter ends up at the back of the O'Hara's with a box that has a we in it for the kids. I was just in the neighborhood uh, arresting someone and thought I'd drop this by. It turned up in this week. Technically speaking, that is the property of the Santa Barbara Police Department, but they can definitely use it for now. And the kids are like, let's play boxing. They run. And Lassiter is bad at having fun and letting other people have fun. Because Not only is he's he... just like killing them. Yeah, he's beating these kids so hard. And then at one point he said, you're going to have to change your name to Lassiter because I own you. Oof. Yeah. You don't say that to a nine-year-old. I'm sorry. You don't say that, period. The connotations are not of a a history you want to be a part of. Well, the kids just don't want to play with him anymore. They run away. And that scene ends. And we are dropping off Mrs. Guster at the house. And in true mom fashion, Mrs. G wants to feed them. She's like, boys, can I make you a sandwich? Sean says, oh, one time when we were kids, you made us this chicken cordon bleu and the ham was sliced so thin. (laughs) And he just gets smacked by Gus. No, we are only focusing on proving my father's innocence right now, Sean. Sean gets a phone call. It's Henry. Henry thinks that the gift is engraved rubber bullets. What would make you think that I would give you any other reason to shoot guns? But here's my thing. The re- maybe one of the reasons they think Gus has such a delicate disposition is that he acts like things like this make him lose his appetite. Like, act like you can still function with your father in prison mm-hmm. while you're, well, jail, I guess, while you're, you know, trying to clear his name, please. That's fair. But I also think he's trying to put on a brave face for his mom. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like, we don't have an appetite. We're busy. <laughs> but that's not how it's coming off. It's like, we don't have an appetite. We can't eat. We're so worried about dad. So, and there, that's just me, I guess. I can eat. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually prefer to eat when I'm hungry, so, or... <laughs> <laughs> I actually prefer to eat when I'm nervous, anxious, happy, sad. I am what one would call an emotional eater. I think a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, As we're driving away, Sean is staring at Old Man Fuller's house. And also, do you realize how many times we say Fuller house in this episode? Ooh. That's a really good point. Yeah. Maybe, again, I think I've been thinking too much about this, but okay. They're staring at Old Man Fuller House, and he's like, dude, give me a minute. I gotta look at this. There's something There's something here. And he starts quoting the transitive theory at Gus, which is really, really funny, because there's no reason. A plus B. Yeah, A, a equals B, yeah. B equals C, therefore A equals C. That's the transitive theory. And Sean is just like, dude, shut up. Give me a moment. I got to look. I got to take a moment to realize what's going on because Gus is just And Gus creeps him. up onto his shoulder, like, to look where he's looking while this is happening. And he's like, no, no, no. Get away from me. Now I have to start all over. <laughs> Too close. <laughs> so he's got to do his mental process. So finally he goes, we got to find out if there was an HOA or a homeowners association. Oh. I wrote HSA, as in health savings account. <laughs> Just want everyone to know that. Um, all right. We end up at an old man's house. We later find out this is Mr. Mitchell. Mm-hmm. But I was going to take a potty break, if you don't care. I'm going to go get some pepper this off. That sounds good to me. Okay. Pause. Mr. Mitchell is the president of the HOA. And as soon as they see, as soon as he sees... John and Gus, he just is like, I will not give you my social security number. I do not want magazines and slams the door in their face. John's like, I'm the head psychic detective for the Santa Barbara Police Department. And the guy immediately opens the door and invites them in. John said that he had been sensing that there were some conflicts going on between Mr. Mitchell and Old Man Fuller because Old Old Man Fuller was not following the HOA rules. And... He was like, I would give him a citation. He would take it. He'd read it. He'd tear it up. I'd give him another citation. It was a vicious cycle. As soon as he kind of just like walks away a little bit, Gus said, it's him. He's the one. And the guy kind of turned around and Sean keeps asking questions. And finally, he's like, yeah, he was a really annoying HOA member, but he... Although he was a pain, he was our best supporter. We're trying to turn this neighborhood into a historical district, and he refused to sell his house so that we can maintain this historical property. And then Mrs. Mitchell walks in, and she's just, like, way too happy. Yeah, her smile is, like, uh, electric in a bad way. Yeah. She just out of nowhere, remembers that little Sean and little Gus had a lawn care service that they paid him, that they were paid $5 for, and the job was never done. I have the work tools out in the yard. I'll get them. 
And she's like, oh, God. She's like Joker grinning the whole time. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. She's she's angry happy. Like. But like, yeah, like passive aggressive. Everything's like, yeah. like, oh, like villain happy. <laughs> We're outside. Sean is mowing the lawn with one of those rotating trimmers, which we like have one an old fashioned non-motored push mower. Yeah. You have one of those we monsters? Do. Uh, so when we started renting this house, the our lease said that our landlord would provide us with lawn care tools. But it was our responsibility to take care of the, the lawn. Um, and so when we got here, what sort of lawn care tools did he leave us? A rotating mower like that. Ugh. Drew cut the lawn with it one time, and the next day we went and bought a push lawnmower. <laughs> you think? It was awful. Dang. But Mrs. Fuller, not Mrs. Fuller, Mrs. Mitchell runs out and she's like, don't forget to water the gardenias. I've had those longer than you boys have been alive. <laughs> I hate her so much. <laughs> They're kind of so... looking around. They're checking out... Old Man Fuller's house, and they see the shades go down. Dude, someone's in Old Man Fuller's house. Um, so, it's surprisingly Sean, who's the last to run out of the Mitchell's yard. He's like, dude, I can't believe we're going to bail in the Mitchell's yard again. <laughs> but he ends up running after Gus. Mm-hmm. They're about to go into Old Man Fuller's house. Old, old Man Fuller's house when they the real estate agent comes walking out and they're like who are you who are you why are you here why are you here and Sean notices the landscaping notes on the real estate's kind of clip the real estate agent's kind of clipboard thingy so he's like yeah we uh, got a call that you needed landscaping so we came out to check out the scene and whatnot she's like wow you guys are so fast are you using this quote <laughs> no Okay, I'm going to share it then. It's, uh, I'm Sean, and this is my partner, Scoonie. U-turn Singleton. We're from Dirty Boy Landscaping. That that was his intro to them, and I was like, uh, that's a good, that's a good Gus name. Scoonie U-turn Singleton, because whenever he said it, Gus went, boop, and made a little U with his fingers, like he was all in <laughs> on it. Uh. But she's like, yeah, I just left word at the office that I wanted to hire some landscapers. And he's like, yo, <laughs> that's us. She had been trying to sell this house for years. She'd been cold well, calling this she, guy trying yeah. to sell it. Because it has... Cold calling. 360 degrees, unobstructed views, and it was probably worth a fortune. 360 degree, unobstructed views. Pin. <laughs> putting it right in there right now so she tells the boys that she's been cold calling this guy for years wanting to sell his house and gus is like way too overexcited by anybody like he just kept smacking sean at the mitchells because he was like oh this guy's motive oh this guy's motive and now that she's like admitted this he's thinking oh she has motive oh she has motive so he's like sean we have to get them to check the phone records we've got to get her she's obviously guilty and so they apparently call Jules and leave word. And so Jules and Lassie show up and they kind of are, you know, staking out the realtor still and they motion Jules over and she looks like she kind of sneaks over 
And then she's like, yeah, yeah, we, we checked the phone records. And they're like, oh, so you're going to arrest Rosa? And is that, was that her name? Anyway, the realtor. And she's like, no, uh, well, see, the thing with the phone records, it kind of uh, showed us a lot of calls from another person that led us to some cash deposits to Fuller's account. And, well, and they're like, well, then what are you doing here? Why aren't you arresting anybody? She's like, because I'm distracting you. Out walks Lassiter with Mrs. G in handcuffs. Oh, Winnie. Yeah. (laughs) She is like, Gus is freaking out, and she's like, there are people watching. Like, let me have my dignity, Gus. And Lassiter is trying to put her in the backseat of the car, and he said, watch your head. And she just snaps at him and goes, do not touch my hair. Don't you touch my hair. Hmm? And I love that because that is something I would do. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, okay. I have questions about this neighborhood. First of which is everybody's up everybody's butt. You're feuding with your neighbors. Your property lines are not, like, well-established enough. You have a homeowners association that is very, like, ineffectual, clearly. And it's run by the ta- the neighborhood's founding family, which, gross. Peer pressure from dead people much. So, like, I hate this place already. I'll hate it more and have more questions later. <laughs> <laughs> We go to the SBPD, and we are in an interrogation room with the Gusters. Mr. Guster feels like everybody is against them, that everyone wants it to, to prove that it was one of the two of them, and Mrs. G admits that she had been paying. She had been playing back, paying blackmail to Mr. Fuller. But it was just kind of a bad situation. She accidentally caught Mr. G's boat on fire. And by the time she was ready to just admit that it had happened, the insurance had already paid. And Fuller found out about it and said, you know, you're going to pay me or I'm going to I'm going to report you for insurance fraud. So she was paying him and Gus says, that looks like motive. She goes, I know. (laughs) But uh, Mr. G said that they have lawyered up, and Mrs. G says that she's already talked to Nana, and she's going to look after Gus in case anything should happen to either of the two of them. And Gus says, I don't need my grandmother, who lives in a nursing home, (laughs) to take care of me. It's time for me to take care of you guys. And we get another very patronizing, we hear you, son. We hear you. (laughs) Gus is like, I will pay for your lawyers. I will help you guys. And Mr. Guster said, no, 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 we're talking about real money, son. Gus says, you have a savings account and a penny jar. I'm diversified. I have a portfolio. I have a 401k. And he's like, he's just like laying it out there. He's like, I have my shit together, pops. Like, (laughs) stop treating me like a child. I'm saying this now. Stop babying me. I'm the most responsible one without a criminal record here. It's time for me to take care of you. Period. And then he kind of stands up for Sean in this kind of beautiful friendship way and said, sometimes Sean is the only one who believes in me. So right now I'm going to believe in him and he's going to solve this case. And then Mr. Guster walks over and shakes Gus's hand. 
after he says again in a very not patronizing way, we hear you, son. Oh! It's the beautiful moment. And Gus is about to cry. So Sean's like, dude, dude, you've had your moment. Now let's get out of here before you have to make another speech. (laughs) So as they're walking away, Sean's like, your mom getting busted for paying blackmail to this guy is the best break yet. Because he's clearly not only blackmailing her. Like, these people have a pattern. So we're going to find other people with a motive. This is great news. They break into Mr. Fuller's house. Good. Let's break into a crime scene. Love that idea. Sean, Every episode. Sean starts to see all of these sticky notes everywhere around the house. And there are obvious reminders. It's like, don't forget to grab your keys. Don't forget to water their flowers. Blah, 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 blah. And so they're just kind of snooping and looking for things. And then Sean finds his kind of sitting room. It's a chair that has a telescope right next to it that looks out across the entire neighborhood. And he's like, I think this is where he's been spying on people from. Gus kind of runs over and there's this squeaky floorboard. Well, I also wrote, (laughs) it's a snoop nest. Perch? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, yeah, 360 unobstructed views and now a creaky floorboard. Gus is ready to pull open the floorboard. And while he's leaning over to do it, Sean starts going, boom, 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 boom. And he goes, stop it, Sean. You know that story freaks me out. Which is obviously a, um, a Rowan Poe. Telltale heart. Right. Telltale heart. Um, yeah. But then Sean grabs the, ro- no, then Gus grabs the rocking chair, starts rocking it really, really quickly and screaming Norman. Norman! I have no idea what that reference is. Psycho. There it is. Okay. Norman Bates. Yeah. (laughs) So that freaks Sean out. And then we have a stalemate. (laughs) And then a truce. (laughs) They open up the floorboard. They find binoculars, cameras, pictures. There's his, his sneaky spot where he hides everything. And they look through the pictures and the first thing they find is that somebody has a residential marijuana farm uh somebody (laughs) is running an illicit dvd ring and then somebody is having an affair and that is a reason to kill mr fuller oh yeah and all these black and white photos were taken from this snoop perch so sean grabs the camera and goes to the window and starts trying to figure out which house the affair pictures were taken of or which, uh, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, we find it. And then. And then he starts singing, I know where the culprit lives. That's it. <laughs> they go to the guy's so house. So we go, I was going to say, we go to that house because we don't know whose house that is. And they confront the guy. I have questions for you about illicit pictures. And then what happens, Kaylee? He flees. He runs. <laughs> Because guilty people always run. He goes, wait, we already know where you live. So then we run after him. Uh, the Brian, Sp- Brian Seltzer band um, Jingle Bells starts playing in the background. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle the All The caption said, holiday rock music. <laughs> and we have this beautiful chase scene. That really has no reason for it besides it was a good reason to cut this music into the episode. 
Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I have a lot of quotes written down from this part. Um, I just want to say before we get into it, the one I want to use at the end is, can you tell us anything? I just swung from a tree. <laughs> okay. Um, but they finally grab the guy. Sean takes a shortcut, swings out on a rope, and kicks the guy. Well, pushes yeah. him with his feet. And then he falls down and they surround him. He's like, fine, fine. I'll give you your pictures back. Sean said, we call that the Sammy Floyd Treehouse Shortcut Ambush. <laughs> so they're like, wait, wait a second. Our picture, what are you talking about? Turns out this guy is a one hour photo perv who keeps pictures of naked girls that show up in people's photo lines. Like, not only is that gross. Illegal. That's what I was about to say, but that has to be illegal. I don't know what that would be. But it's got to be illegal. I'm pretty sure that led directly to the death of the one-hour photo business. Yeah. Like, that's so creepy. You're just giving people a look at your photos. Anyway, um, they pull out the old photo, and they're like, wait a second. You mean this isn't you? And he's like, no, it could be my dad. It kind of looks like him from 30 years ago when we first moved here. Um, here's my next question about this jacked up neighborhood this kid was a kid at the same time that our boys were kids in this neighborhood they don't know each other that's a good point i'm very i'm what that's a very very good point well dad died a couple dad the guy that's in the picture died a couple years ago that picture was definitely not of his mom because mom had died before they moved into the house so there was probably some woman who came by and had an affair with him. He kind of remembers her, but he has no information besides the fact that when she left, the house always smelled like white linen perfume, which he remembers because that was the perfume his mom used. I'm going to say it again. Gross. Yeah, this kid's a creep. Anyway, we, <laughs> we skipped this great Gus saying things strange moment. Because before this kid gives it all up, he's like, I don't really want to discuss my family secrets with you guys. And Gus goes, what's the name of that one hour photo where you hide your filthy debauchery? <laughs> debauchery? <laughs> I love it when Gus says stuff weird, except risotto. <laughs> I, I was not a fan of barista either. <laughs> I kind of like it. No, I'm no. <laughs> All right, so we get white linen perfume, and we're back to the Santa Barbara Police Department, and Lasseter is trying to invite himself to Christmas at the O'Hare's. Aw, yeah, he says, um, you know, just in case you, uh, you have an extra seat you need to fill for Christmas dinner, I'm available. And Juliet says, oh, Lasseter, I have a confession to make. I haven't been completely honest with you. And he's like, oh, say no more. And she's like, I'm really sorry, though. And he's like, look, I get it. I'm like way too cool for your nephews. And you don't like being upstaged because you're used to being the cool aunt. So it's fine, really. Juliet just let him have that feeling and was like, yep, that's it. You're right. Sorry you can't come. Um, and I can't compete, and I hate that. <laughs> just as he's walking away, she smiles and said, Merry Christmas, Lassiter. 
I want to take this moment to say failing to do disabuse someone of their convenient misapprehension is the best kind of white lie. They already believe something and it serves your purpose and it makes them not feel bad. And you just like, let them be wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Also, you used a bunch of really big words there. At least one of which (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard before. But in context, I think I understood it. (laughs) Thank you. It was the M word, the M word that you used that I don't know that I've ever heard before. Honestly, I, it was on the fly. I can't even tell you what I just said. It was a big word. Um, look at me learning more things. Stanchions. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget that now. <laughs> They're at the Gusters, and Mr. Gusters like, I cannot believe that they are having a real estate sale, or they're having an estate sale for this guy. Our neighbors are going to have to buy back the stuff that was probably already theirs. And they're, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. G are just kind of real angry. And I think Sean's trying to lighten the mood. And he goes, this jerk chicken from Kingston's is always the best. And then we have a sniff party. And it's beautiful. So Gus Gus has a super smeller. Yes. (laughs) Mr. G has a super smeller. And Mrs. G has a super smeller. And they're talking about the quantities of ingredients that they're putting into their jerk chicken recipe. It's so beautiful. It's gorgeous. And then this inspires Sean. And he gets a flash because the estate sale at Fuller's is about to happen. And the super smellers are inherited. And he's like, wait a second, Gus. Can you identify a smell from memory? Gus 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 uses all this science to explain yes. Yeah. About where the parts of the brain from memory and and scent... uh, uh, live i didn't write it down nope. it was kind of a lot i was at the end of my rope here this morning so <laughs> so i didn't write it down but basically it's a yes and sean confirms that that is a yes let's go so we're off to the auction at the auction they're standing outside and sean calls juliet and he's like listen hurry i think the culprit is here I, I, I'm getting this sense. I need you to come. And so they, they kind of hurry there. And Sean is like talking it out to Guster with, okay, I think the culprit is probably here looking for these pictures. If she's like most old ladies, she probably thinks you're, you were on the Jeffersons and she wears the same perfume as she did from her youth. And so he sprays out the white linen perfume. Gus gets a good sniff. And then Gus tries to go through the auction, sniffing out this woman. I just wrote sniff harassment. <laughs> it was very aggressive. And one lady seemed to like it and freaked Gus out. <laughs> well, so, Gus is awkwardly he... <laughs> smelling people. He's also actually and accidentally bidding on a antique Confederate flag. Which he accidentally wins. Four five hundred dollars. <laughs> Everything about I, that. I have no words. <laughs> yes, I have no okay. words. His face when he takes it, and you know he never pays for it. Um, they so... can't find anyone with that perfume. Nobody, nobody smells like that perfume there. 
And then Sean has a flashback to Mrs. Mitchell saying, don't forget to water my gardenias. I've had those longer than you've been alive. So then he sprays the perfume again and goes, Gus, identify the base note of this perfume. (laughs) Gus goes, gardenias. Are you absolutely 100% sure of that? Yes. Tahitian gardenias. All right. Give me a push. (laughs) (laughs) They argue, but he gets the shove and Sean starts having a psychic freak out where he is channeling old man Fuller, kind of a drunk old man Fuller. And (laughs) Gus is like, he's channeling old man's old man Fuller's drunk spirit. So we have a big psych out breakdown of it was you. You're the cheating cheater. You were a philandering philanderer and you, uh, you killed him, basically. Your worst nightmare was coming true because old man Fuller was going senile. And you just couldn't let him out you as a, the affair-having person that you are, so you had to kill him. And she's like, there's no way. There's no way I could hang him from that banister. And he's like, you came here you tried to poison him but he spit it out and then and then you panicked and you grabbed something and you hit him over the head and then while he was incapacitated you wrapped a rope around his neck and you sent it up the 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 chair thingy what's it called the stair the, the, the chair, chair lift yeah so you I just kept ca- calling it the you stair chair. Around his leg. <laughs> you tied it around his neck you used the banister for leverage and you used you slowly ch- lowered the chair lift to slowly raise him into the air at this very crazy slow pace that Gus is currently taking as he's riding the chairlift up the steps. And she just turns to her husband and goes, I'm so sorry. I just couldn't let him destroy everything that we've built, which gross. Yep. If I didn't need my notes, I would throw my paper in the air right now because that's how I feel. (laughs) So she gets arrested and Lassiter just looks at Gus and goes you can uh tell your parents we intend to drop the charges (laughs) Sean tries to get a fist bump from Gus but Gus looked at him and said uh no you had your moment and then again starts riding the chairlift very very slowly down the steps yeah I wrote denied so then we're back at Henry's for our last scene and it is the tree lighting after the Christmas dinner has been had. And then it's we do our gift exchange. It's time to figure out if they had guessed what was in the the gifts. <laughs> and Henry's like, well, it looks like it's another draw this year. And Sean kind of is like, yeah, I mean, I guess so. And so he opens up his gift first. And there are these bright yellow monogrammed psych golf balls. He says, I also got you lessons at the Santa Barbara Municipal Course. And then he opens his little um, present thingy, and it's just a note from Sean. And it says, you got me psych monogrammed golf balls and lessons with the resident pro at the Santa Barbara Municipal Course. I believe his name is Pierre. (laughs) And then Sean does a little happy dance. And he's, 
Henry's salty, and then Sean starts to gloat really, really heavily. He's like, you're such a Grinch. You're a Grinchy Scrooge pants. You're the Grinch of Christmas. And uh, the Gusters look really uncomfortable right yeah. here. <laughs> so then he goes, here, here, here. Your real gift. And what is it? It's another snow globe with Henry fishing inside of it. And now it's snowing. <laughs> so... Then the Gusters are showing respect for Gus, and they're like, hey, you know, you've really got your stuff together. Maybe you can um, take a look at our stuff for us and talk about that diversifying or whatever. And um, they approve of his business venture with Sean, and Gus is all happy. He goes, I'm going to go get the car. <laughs> he walks out. They get a nice goodbye fist bump, and then the Gusters walk up to Sean. They hand him cash and say... Okay, now you take care of Gus. Of course. It, do you think this is going to be enough? I mean, it's Gus we're talking about. <laughs> and they give him more money. <laughs> so I think it started out as 100 and I think they handed him 200 more? I think so, yeah. <laughs> so then they leave, and Henry comes back out, and he says, So, um, how'd you do it? Sean's, <laughs> Sean's quiet and slowly starts lifting his hand to his head. And Henry starts smacking it down. He's like, don't, don't, don't even. <laughs> and that's how our Christmas episode ends. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Kaylee and I were talking, and I don't know if it was in the opening credits or before, but this episode really did go really fast. We took a little mm-hmm. break in the middle of our recording, um, and we're still only at an hour and 10 minutes. And we're usually oh, wow. close to like an hour and 30 on our recordings. Um, now, I am going to blame the chase scene. There was nothing to talk about during the chase scene. And it was it was like half of the song. So it was a good four minutes of like nothing. <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. That was funny. I love this episode. They do I make do a, a quip later about how uh, it, it's later on. And maybe it's in an episode or maybe it was in a commercial. But he said, oh, yeah, we. We tend to solve between 14 and 18 cases a year, and then usually one right around the holidays. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, we have to watch out for that. Yeah. I know I love these little Easter egg things. But this, yeah, this was a good episode. No Chief Vic, though, again. This is again. at least our third episode in a row with no Chief Vic. Is it our third? We haven't seen her since Bravo by Baby. Wasn't that episode eight? I thought that was episode six. What? Hold on. Kaylee keeps her notes like a responsible podcaster. No, Rubba by Baby was eight, so she wasn't in nine or ten. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. (laughs) We got a mention of her in episode nine, but we didn't even get mention of her in this one. I just assumed that Lasseter was on the phone with her when they were at the crime scene. Oof. Well, I, I don't think I have anything else that I caught. There were like there were some like Christmassy pop culture references, but there weren't a ton in this. Mm-mm. I really enjoyed the Christmas opening credits. This is our second special credit, right? Oh, I don't know what was the first. Uh, Girl, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I don't even know. All right, I'll um, look that up for next episode. But I'm almost certain we had a we had another. Another opening credit already. Hmm. Not sure what it would have been, though. But 
uh, it was a good it was a good jingle. All of the little character names were in the psych font, but they had little Christmassy notes to them, like um, Timothy's last name had reeds instead of O's, and uh, Maggie Lawson's A and Maggie was a little Christmas tree. It was very it was all very cute, and I love it. Aw, I do love that. Hmm. I guess that's it. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, in that case, I am Alexis. Gus, you're tall enough. Sean, you're an idiot. And to be fair, there are a lot of complicated causes for asthma. Now let's eat. <laughs> and I've been Kaylee. Can you tell us anything? I just swung from a tree. And this is... <laughs> this has been... To the, the blueberry! blueberry! Psych out.